0: Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries with your host and teacher, Apostle Dr. Delisa Rogers. There is a word of encouragement and inspiration waiting for you. Subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and make sure to share this podcast with a friend. Now, without further ado, here's Delisa with your message for today. Well, grace and peace. God bless you. Welcome back. So glad to have you. Um, the last few days, previously, we have been talking about bitterness, and I gave you some illustrations out of the Word of God. Um, this one is coming out of the Book of Exodus, I believe it is, and it's talking about the experience that the children children of Israel had um, coming out of that Mara bitter experience. And um, Exodus chapter fifteen, verse twenty-seven. I just want to hone in there for a little bit, and um, Well, let me back up to verse 26. Let me back up, back up, back up, back up. And so the Lord is speaking to them because, well, let me just back up to verse 25, (laughs) give you all some context. Okay. So, next is chapter 15, verse 25, and I'm going to read verses 25 through 27. And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which he had cast, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and ordinance, and there he proved them. And so here the, um, the, the there was a cry against the waters being bitter. And so the Lord told Moses to um, cast in um, this log or this branch of a tree. And of course, in the realm of the spirit, we know that that tree represents the cross of Calvary and how God has turned our water into wine, bitter water into wine. And so verse 26 says, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And we hear that a lot sometimes when we're praying for those who are needing healing. And so we'll often, you know, quote that he, you know, the Lord He is the Lord God that healed thee. And then verse 27, Exodus 15, 27 says, and they came to Elam, where were 12 wells of water, and three score and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. And so as we have been talking about bitterness, and we've been just looking at some of the areas in our lives that may have been tainted um, by bitter experiences, we talked about Moses, and then we talked about Cain. And so now we're going to just kind of conclude this and move on to something different. But I wanted to just show you that after that bitter experience, God has a place of rest. After the children of Israel experienced that bitter place, God showed them how to make that, how to turn. And one of my um, mentees, uh, she said, uh, you know, from bitter to bittersweet. And that's so true that God can sweeten bitter experiences. Right. And and so we've got to trust him that even though we're going through a bitter situation, number one, we don't become embittered. But then number two, we also realize, and understand that he is going to bring us out. And so when Israel came across this bitter water, and many of us, like Jesus, have had to drink from bitter cups. Your bitter cup may have been a bad marriage, a bad ministry experience, a bad business partnership experience, maybe a bad health episode, or what have you. But we all, to a greater or lesser degree, have had to drink from bitter waters. And so, um, you know, there is a tendency to wonder, well, Lord, what happens next? Will it always be like this? Is there a day of reckoning? Is there a day of deliverance? And yeah, there is. And, and so this is where you find Israel in Exodus chapter 15, verse 27. After that bitter experience, after being um, exposed to those bitter waters, God gave instruction for how to turn that thing sweet, how to turn it around. And so, you know, regardless, again, of what your bitter cup experience looks like, God has a way, God has a way to sweeten that thing for you. God has a way to bring you out. He has a way to neutralize the acid. Uh, That's what Elisha did when the prophets found death in the bowl and he picked up some sand or some kind of substance and he threw it into the pot and it neutralized that the poison to where the men of God, the prophets of God, were able to continue eating. And so wherever you may find yourself in your bitter experience, don't stay there, uh, my friends. You you you're not, you were not created to stay in a bitter place. Even Jesus, when Judas betrayed him, he said, whatever you have to do, do it quickly. Because when you understand that you're going through a bitter experience, then you with that understanding, you should know that there's glory coming after this. And, and I'm saying that to encourage myself because I'm facing some bitter situations right now. Many of you are facing some bitter situations. And so you need to encourage yourself in the Lord to know it's not going to be like this always. God is going to bring me out. What does he, what is he teaching me? What I was telling one of my spiritual daughters or well, several of them, you know, look at the teachable moments. Yeah, we can fuss and kick and, but what is it? God, what are you showing me? What am you, what are you showing me about me? What are you showing me about the way that I respond? What are you showing me about the way that I, way that I conduct myself in this bitter experience? Experience in this bitter cup. When Jesus was having his bitter cup experience, he learned that he had a resilience. He learned that he had a tenacity. He learned his obedience. And, and many times we learn obedience by the things that we suffer because many folks will say, Yes, Lord, when the bills are paid and everybody in your family is acting okay. But do you still have a yes, Lord, in your spirit when things are going awry, when things are just falling apart and your world is crumbling? So you learn obedience by suffering. Um so at any rate, Israel had that bitter experience at Mara. And you notice, um, for those of you who are familiar with the story of Naomi and Ruth, when Naomi returned to Bethlehem, Judah, and the women of uh, of the city and towns were so happy to see her um, because her name, I believe, it meant, means friendly or something like that. The word Naomi. And so, but when they called her Naomi, is that Naomi? That's Naomi. And she said, Why well, call a oh, pleasant? Excuse me. I think it means pleasant. And she said, Why well, call me Naomi? Call me Mara. You know, which means bitter, and so um, <laughs> let me tell you something. It was, it was. She had a true bitter experience with Elkanah and losing her two sons and a daughter-in-law, and and so she she um, owned a bitter personality to the degree she changed her name. And you'll find some people who have gone through such bitter experiences that, you know, <laughs> they're just surrounded by cats. And I I can say that in the realm of the natural and in the physical, I mean, in uh, spiritual realm, surrounded by cats uh, because they're so bitter. They don't they, they just they don't have the stamina to continue being around people they don't have the strength because bitterness will take a lot out of you remember i said how bitterness has that vagabond thing that goes with it we talked about Cain, how it drives you out even earth uh well in that particular situation because he took his brother's life but but earth feels some kind of way about bitter people and and so there are doors that are shut and the earth will refuse to yield her fruit uh to bitter people okay So you don't want to stay in a bitter place. You don't want to stay in a bitter place. When Jesus was being crucified, listen, when he said, Father, do I have to, if it be your will, let this cup pass, you know, nevertheless, not my will, let your will be done. And when he drank that bitter cup, right? And then literally he drank the vinegar and gall. He said, I thirst. And they offered him vinegar mixed with gall to drink, right? That was a bitter cup, people of God. But what happened? Because he endured that bitter experience and he continued to cry out, Father, why have you forsaken me? Lord, I thirst. Into your hands, I commend my spirit. When he did that, earth responded. How did earth respond? Earth responded by earthquake. Earth responded. The veil was rent from the bottom to the top. I mean, I mean excuse me, from the top to the bottom. Do you know how high up that veil is? <laughs> so, you know, it was a supernatural act of God. And so when we when we align ourselves with the purpose of God, when we are in those bitter seasons, Um, because some of them are appointed for us for growth for deliverance for whatever god may be doing in our life certainly Jesus' bitter experience was prophesied from genesis you know um and and, and so there are certain bitter experiences that we have to endure for the sake of the call and i want to talk to you a little bit about that so for the sake of what god was doing in the lives of the children of israel he allowed that bitter experience at the waters of Mara, and and because in that was a revelation. I'm going to show that to you. And I pray this is going to bless you. He says, um, And so God tells Moses what to do. Take a trunk off the tree, throw it, cast it into the water. It's going to sweeten the waters. We know that's salvation, that's the cross, the sacrificial work of the Lord Jesus Christ that sweetens those bitter experiences, makes life more palatable. I can handle it as long as I know Jesus is with me. He's going to get in there in the water with me. He's the fourth man in the fire. And so he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always going to be there. And so as they are... um, As they are are leaving, God begins to release promises and said, you know, I'm not going to punish you and afflict you with the same diseases of Egypt and so forth and so on. And then when you find yourself in verse 27, which is really what I want to bless you with this word, is they came to a place called Elam. And in the place of Elam, they found rest. Remember, we talked about that, that there's a rest. The Lord said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly of heart, right? Um, He said, if my yoke is easy, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, So there is a place for those who are weary and heavy laden. Those who are, because burdens, excuse me, bitterness will wear you out. It it, it is emotionally draining. Um, And so when you are going through those bitter experiences, and we talked about this in a previous podcast about preserving your strength, rightly dividing your strength. If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back and take a listen so that you can learn how to navigate through, um, you know, those bitter seasons. So you don't exert too much energy in one area. And then when it's time, like we talked about Caleb crossing over and reclaiming or claiming what belongs to you, you're just so, you just so tired and worn out. You just want to die and go home and see Jesus. And and that's how many of the believers are. They have been battling and fighting for so long. Um, Many of these battles, wars were self-declared, but at any rate, and they're just tired. And so you you, you try to exalt them in worship and you try to prophesy and you try to preach and you try to encourage. And they're just so there's they're like a have you ever had a car with a dead battery? And you try to even jump it from somebody else's car. And it's like, you know what? There's no juice left of this. There's no amps. There's no water in the, in the battery itself. You need a whole nother battery. Like this thing can't even be jumped off by another car. And, and some, some are like that. They have allowed life to drain them so much to where you can try to encourage them. You can prophesy to them. You can sing all of their favorite songs under the anointing and they can't respond because they have allowed their bitter experiences to drain them. And that's what happened to Naomi. Here, Ruth was committed to stand beside her, but Naomi's uh, bitter experiences drained her. She lost a husband and then two sons. Now she's impoverished. That's a, that's a lot we read about it but that was a life and and that it takes a lot out of you you don't have the energy to maintain human relationships and so they're like hey Naomi and she's like don't please don't even call me that don't come by my house don't call me and and you know what if you've been in that bitter place where if you've experienced loss or, or, you know, things of that nature, you just don't have the energy for human relationships. It doesn't mean you don't love people. It doesn't mean you don't wish the best for them. But at that point, you're trying to reserve as much energy and strength as you can just to get through the day. And that's a real place, um, my friends. And so God tells them after after your bitter experience, I have a spiritual place for you called Elam. And, and in Elam, the Bible says, I have 12 springs of water, 12 springs of water. Now we know that water represents refreshing, but 12 represents government, 12 represents order. In other words, when you're coming out of your chaotic, bitter season, where everything is, just up in the air, you can't make me the heads nor tails. God will, as you continue, and then that's the thing you've got to continue in him. As you continue in him, regardless of how hard it is. God will navigate you through divine orchestration. He will navigate you to Elam. It is a place in the spirit where God constructs or reconstructs order. And in terms of government, the Lord begins to legislate things concerning your life, things that are out of order. God, he he reestablishes them uh, or recommits them to order. And that may even include people. You may see shiftings around you, shakings around you. You may see folk coming, folk going. Um, I often talk about when Jacob had his Bethel experience and the heavens opened and we saw angels ascending and descending, there was a shifting because he was leaving the house of Isaac and entering into the house of Laban. And the house of Isaac was a peaceful house. (laughs) Some of you may find that there are certain houses spiritually that are peaceful you don't really have to pump yourself up and you know speak in tongues for an hour before you enter into somebody's presence because a house can represent an individual um, or an environment okay and it can also represent a season um and and so you may not necessarily have to build yourself up speaking in tongues building yourself up in your most holy faith um because you're in a peaceful house you're in a house of Isaac you're in a house of your father even though there was contention with him and in, in Esau but I'm just saying at least you know your devils, (laughs) at least you know, I I know what you operating in, so I'm, it's okay, but when you're entering into a new house, a strange house, you do need a a changing of the guards, and so that's when you find Jacob, and the angels are ascending, returning, and then their new angels coming to um, assist him uh, in this next assignment, so That's a whole nother situation. But at any rate, you'll see changes and things of that nature as you are coming out of that bitter season because God has reestablished an order. And listen, I've seen that in my own personal life. When you're coming out of a bitter season, you're going to find a shaking around you and things, you're going to find God navigating you through certain things. And you've got to understand how this works, people of God. Otherwise, you're going to think, I'm missing God. This is crazy. I'm out of control. This is out of control. You, you're not gonna understand. You're not gonna understand what you're going through. And you can find yourself fighting your help. You'll kick your donkeys. The ones that God has sent to help you, and in, in sort of, you know, so so much is happening in the realm of the spirit when you're coming out of that bitter experience. And so you want to be mindful of how you of, of how you partner. Partner, how? Excuse me. How you partner with God, and that you continue to partner with Him. So these twelve springs of water. So, so there's order. God is legislating peace. It um, refreshing. Rest restoration is taking place. And then seventy. We know that that's of order of completion, right? So God is. He's making a full circle of things. There things are coming to that expected end for you. All right, 70 palm and palm trees represent, a play, again, a place of rest, a place of confidence, a place of assurance, um, a, a place of rest. So you'll find there that after they in, endured that bitter uh, season, bitter experience that the Lord navigated them, the Bible said, and they left Marah and they came to Elam and they camped there. And so there is that place. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you all about is that place in God where you rest. Even the Lord after six days of creation. He rested, and so I, I want to mention this too because in that you've got to be mindful for, and I'm, this is my own term. So if you hear anybody else use it, just know they heard it from me. But I'm going to call these people the drain holics, not an alcoholic, but a drainaholic, a drainaholic. And 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 because you're in that season of rest, and it is duly earned. You worked for it. You deserved it. You've gone through hell and the high waters. And God says, "I need you to rest, but you must also be on guard for those who will try to interrupt that season of rest, because you you know every all things are cyclical, right? And 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 so if God is it has you um, in a season of rest, then that means." there's another season of labor coming up okay? There's a season of labor because I need you to understand that. Whatever season that you're in, there's another season that's going to, a, a parallel season coming right behind it. So be wise, okay? Do what you need to do. Take your time, breathe, relax. Because a lot of times, particularly if you're in ministry, you're just expected to be on call 24 hours a day. And I literally thought I, I, literally thought I had to do that. I thought I had to keep my phone on. I would never, I haven't, I haven't turned my phone off in years. Like, you know, just turn it off at night. I don't know what it's like because I always felt and still do as if you just always have to be there. But at the same time, when God calls you to to a season of rest, turn your phone off because guess what? Jesus never sleeps and he never turns his phone off. And so there must be a time when you, and you hear this a lot, when you self-care. Because how good are you for anybody when you're burnt out and aggravated and frustrated? You can't show up in your best self um, when you're when you're frustrated. And so you must understand that when you're coming out of seasons of great conflict, warfare, bitterness, or what have you, enter into Elam, enter into that place, that rest, that rest of God. Even the believing ones, after our journeys of life, there is a Sabbath rest, an eternal rest where we rest from our labors, right? And we enjoy being in the presence of God forevermore. And so In Elam, um, people of God, that the place where God is navigating many of you to right now is is where he's going to restore you. He's going to restore you. He's going to refresh you. You're going to see some changing of the guards around you. I'm telling you. And and you can't dictate who comes and who stays because that's kind of above your pay grade. I said, "Work that's above my pay grade. Um, You know, you don't get because it's a governmental order that things that God has already designed to be in place for you after you have crossed through your bitter or your mara experience. There are some things that God has for you. So you don't get to choose who stays and who goes. I don't care how connected and how close and how much you love to, to eat ice cream and, and watch TV together. You, you That season is appointed and it will not change. And what God has already set in motion is what it will be. And so again, that's what I said, why I said earlier, you've got to learn how to partner with God and continue in partnership and let him do that, which must be done. And this is what we saw happening with Isaac when he, it was, you know, even though it was through some strange circumstances, but it was appointed for him to get to Laban's house. It was appointed. And, And so he needed that time at Bethel to lay his head on a rock and rest. And many of you and me too, because I am born from a family of workaholics, my mother was a workaholic, my dad is a workaholic, and and we we, you know, we're just industry-minded, laborious type of people. We don't believe in waiting on a handout or for somebody to do it, or I don't, I don't know what it's like. And then as the early years of my life, I was raised on a farm with my grandparents. So you know good and well, <laughs> you can't, you can't be lazy like what? You know, you get up early and you get out there and you get in those fields and you do whatever you've been told to do. So, yeah, that's kind of my background. So a lot of people say, oh, you need to, you're doing too much. And I'm looking at them like, I've always been like this, like this is new to you. And you may not have ever met anybody like that, like me before, but that's in my DNA. It's hard for me to rest and relax. And so God had to put people in my life to say, sit down, sit <laughs> down got this. Rest, go to the beach, go somewhere. And and so, and even in that is still hard. I have one year I had a lady say, listen, I'm sending, I'm sowing a seed. I just need you. I, I need you to take a break. You know, I, you know, I just and she said, I'm not telling you when to do it. I had another lady say, hey, I'm, she shipped me a brand new iPad. She said, oh, my God, I just I don't know what to do for you. I, I just feel like, you know, you always, you know, doing stuff. She said, maybe you need to take your work on the, on the road with you. So here's a ship, the brand new iPad to my house. And, and so you will find that again, you know, God will position people to help you get that rest that you need. Okay. And, and so Laban, and this is probably a whole nother topic. Matter of fact, yeah, I'm going to talk about that later. I'm not even going to get into that right now because there's a revelation in in something that happened between Laban and Isaac that I want to spend time on. And and so I won't do it service if I jump into it right now. So I'm just going to table that for another, another good topic. How about that? But at any rate, I want to finish up this thought with you all about those drainaholics, making sure that you are cognizant, Uh, their assignment in your life. And it's not necessarily that they mean you any harm, they just don't mean you any good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't mean you any harm or they don't mean you any good. And you need to know when you have come out of a bitter experience that you need to rest. Otherwise, you will continue to labor and you'll walk into your next season wearing spirits of fatigue. You'll be weary. You're overwhelmed. You're snapping. And you can possibly interrupt or contaminate that new thing that God's doing. So that is my thoughts for you today is for those of you who have been laboring and laboring and you've been going through um, bitter seasons, drinking bitter cups. I want to encourage you and prophetically declare a season where you will enter into your Elam and that place is going to find you. um, Your rest is going to refresh you. You're going to be restored. The things that you lost, opportunities um, and so forth. You're going to be restored for all of that. Well compensated. I hear the spirit of God say, you will be well compensated for enduring that season. Well compensated. And so labor to get there and trust God with all the rearranging, because of, remember, that's a place of government too, and, and order, and where God is making, you know, he's dealing with the, he's confronting the chaos. So uh, be mindful of, um, you know, what, what that'll look like in terms of what's gonna happen while you're resting. While you are resting, God is not resting with you. He's still moving. And so you have to discipline and train your spirit to sit still and watch him shift some things around you, okay? So I appreciate you for listening in my podcast and YouTube people and Apple people and TuneIn people and Google people and all of you wonderful people uh, who have been supporting from across the nations, um, across um, the United States as well. Uh, Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your contributions It helps to take the burden off and that I can just focus in the word and focus on gathering more material and resources that I can study and seek wisdom and revelation from and partner with the Holy Spirit and bring you these words that uh, that are uplifting and motivational and inspirational. So if you feel that you want to be a part of keeping um, messages like this, then I want you to, um, you can cash out us at TLC Charlotte, that goes directly to my church. Um, you can also visit our church website, TLCOR.org. That's the Love Church Charlotte. That's where I preside as apostle and senior pastor. Um, And if you have any questions or comments, why don't you shoot me an email at thelovechurchcharlotte at gmail.com. Hopefully I have an opportunity to get my website up and running. That's another situation. (laughs) That's something else I need to get into. It's a bitter cup with that, I'll tell you. But at any rate, uh, we'll get that website up and running. And that way you can just hit that website and everything you need will be there. Um, But until then, people of God, we love you and we bless God for you. And we will be back at the appointed time. God bless.